Hi everyone and welcome. This is the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast and I'm your host, Coach Brad. This podcast is about love, life, health, and the pursuit of happiness. If you've ever felt unfulfilled or that there is more to life than what you are currently experiencing, that there is a better version of you waiting to appear, including how to keep weight off permanently, how to be happy, healthy, and fulfilled unconditionally, and live a life in alignment with the more authentic version of you, then this podcast is for you. In summary, this podcast is about transforming you from the person you are to the person you were meant to be. With that, let's get started. This episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast is brought to you by the One of a Kind You podcast. The One of a Kind You podcast is a podcast for moms, stay-at-home moms, working moms, new moms, stepmoms, and even moms getting ready to be empty nesters. There is a part of every mom's journey and all that is shared from the struggles to the wins and everything in between. If you're a mom looking to find connection, feel less overwhelmed, and feel more confident not only in your motherhood journey but in life as well, then tune in to One of a Kind You wherever you stream your podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Welcome to another episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. The podcast all about love, life, health, and the pursuit of happiness. Imagine being diagnosed with a terminal bone marrow cancer and being told you only had six months at most to live. What would you do and how would you react? This is the case for my guest today, Dr. Al Dannenberg, who went on to reject modern chemotherapy and began an in-depth study of his own into ancestral nutrition and lifestyle. This led him to discoveries about oral and overall health and the importance of a healthy gut and immune system. In today's podcast episode, we'll hear Dr. Dannenberg's story and dive into questions such as, how do you respond when you receive such alarming news? What is health and what about all things health, such as gut health, immune health, and what role does lifestyle play in all of this? And how do you start someone down the path of reclaiming their health? What can the everyday person, such as you or me, do or how can they get started? And finally, what is it that we should all know about health? Dr. Al Dannenberg, or Dr. Al as he's known by his friends, patients, and community, consults with patients all over the world regarding animal-based nutrition, lifestyle, oral and overall health, and the importance of a healthy gut and immune system. In 2018, Dr. Al was forced to retire from a nearly 40-year career as a periodontist when he received this terminal diagnosis of bone marrow cancer. At that time, he was given just six months to live. But instead of traditional chemotherapy, he chose instead to use his knowledge and understanding of medicine and nutrition to treat himself. In 2020, he was diagnosed as cancer-free. Now, four years later, he is thriving and has built a new career for himself, helping others regain control of their health. He is the author of several books, including Crazy Good Living about ancestral nutrition and lifestyle, has two adult children and three grandchildren, and currently resides in Charleston, South Carolina with his wife, Sue, of more than 50 years. Dr. Al, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's good to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's a pleasure. Thanks for asking me to come on. Uh, this is what I love. So uh, I'm here. Yeah. And and so Dr. Al, I, we were just talking off camera a little bit. I kind of first learned about you and saw a little bit of your story in the Primal Ancestral Health Facebook group, which we're both part of. We're both uh, Primal Ancestral Health Coaches. And I'm I'm blown away. Uh, so let's let's just go back to the beginning. Start with your your story in 2018 and how that led you on this incredible health journey that you're on now and, and helping everybody. So what happened in 2018? Sure. So in 2018, I'm 71 years old. Um, so at that point, I was practicing periodontics, which is treating gum disease clinically with patients was writing some articles, a book, and a few other things. And I had literally transformed my life 
into a paleo type of lifestyle, paleo diet. And if I were to coin a phrase for myself, I would have said I was a um, a, a, a portrait of a senior healthy lifestyle. Okay. I, I figured I was doing quite well. And all my chemistries and all my other things that you could look at from a health standpoint showed that I was doing quite well. Good. I was a poster boy. So I was actually speaking, asked to speak at the Paleo FX meeting in Austin, Texas in April of 2018. And um, I love doing this. So I travel from my home in Charleston, South Carolina to Austin, Texas. It means to take a, a plane with, you know, there's no direct flights. I have to transfer through Atlanta and then get to Austin. So uh-huh. Atlanta is a large airport. I walk from concourse to concourse. I like to walk rather than take the train. It's good exercise for me. Uh, and then I put my bag that I carry on my right shoulder. And I'm walking and all of a sudden I'm noticing some pain in my right shoulder. Very unusual. I'm a wuss. I don't like pain. <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I don't figure it out. But I take I take this pain to Austin, I do my speech, I come back from Austin to Charleston, and the pain is still there. I thought maybe I tore a rotator cuff or tore a ligament or damaged something muscularly, and I'm thinking that's gonna go away. Well, it actually never goes away exactly. It starts to transfer to my back and starts hurting in my back. And then it starts hurting in my chest area. And by the time of, let's say, August, um, September of 2018, it's literally getting so uncomfortable that if I take a deep breath, it hurts. So I finally go to my physician. You know, I'm a pighead. I'm not easily convinced that I need to go to my doctor. But this is a doctor I see. um, I've seen for 25 plus years. He and I are buddies. So. I go to see him and he says, yeah, something's wrong. I said, of course, that's why I'm here. Let's do what we need to do. So he does some blood work and he does all the typical blood tests, a CBC, a CMP, basically taking a look at um, normal chemistries, blood things. But he also does a C-reactive protein and a high sensitivity, a high sensitivity C-reactive protein. And it comes back very high. Now, generally, I have had a CRP of 0.3 normally. And, you know, uh-huh. anything below 0.5 is pretty good, meaning that basically there's no systemic inflammation to um, report. Well, this CRP was over 5.0. It was pretty high for me. And so he said, let's, let's figure out what's going on. Let's do an MRI. So none of the other chemistries showed anything abnormal, but he did do an MRI. Now, an MRI, you know, looks at soft tissue throughout the body was a head to toe MRI. And he calls me back after the report and he says, Aldi, you want to come into the office, discuss things? I, I, or, or over the phone. I said, well, Bobby, why not talk over the phone? So he says, well, and then he starts to kid around. He says, um, did you fall down some steps? Or did somebody beat you up? I said, of course not. I, I think I just tore a muscle in my shoulder. What's going on? And then he gets, of course, very serious. And he says, I think you have lymphoma, leukemia, or multiple myeloma. Wow. Wait a minute. And so when you... Well, These are three cancers. Yeah, let me jump in real quick. So when you first heard that, like, what was your initial reaction or thought? My life was coming to an end. Mm. I mean, how could a person as healthy as I have been, and I was on this paleo paleo lifestyle diet for about six, seven years before this point. How could a person this healthy have cancer? And I can tell you the reason why in a moment, if you want to understand it because I'm kind of geeky. So I dig into this stuff after the, after a while, but this is devastating to me. So he said, look, let's do this. Let's, let's get you in with an oncologist. Now the MRI actually showed um, vertebral compression fracture. 
several rib fractures and a hairline fracture in my in, in my pelvis. Wow. So he said, that's the reason why you're having pain. The bones and your rib is broken and is pushing on one of your lungs areas. So the oncologist does a whole bunch of other tests. He's a guy I've never met before. He turns out to be my oncologist today. He's unbelievable, very conventional, but he believes in the direction I've taken, which is totally unconventional. But anyhow, we'll get to that in a moment. So he is meeting me for the first time with all the tests. My wife is there, my two adult children. And he explains to me that I have what's called IgA kappa light chain multiple myeloma with new innumerable lytic lesions throughout my body, by uh, skeleton, meaning there are holes throughout my bony structure, almost like a person with severe osteoporosis. And in that, if you twist a bone like that, it will crack. And that's what happens. I just do normal exercise, normal bending, and I can crack a bone. And a lot of times multiple myeloma is never diagnosed until that happens to a person. And it's interesting that all the blood work showed no abnormalities in alkaline phosphatase or calcium levels. None of that was abnormal at this point, which generally would be abnormal if you had this kind of a cancer, theoretically. So he says to me, um, I want you to start chemotherapy tomorrow. This is an incurable bone marrow cancer. And, and, so, and real, real quick, Dr. Al, also, I think I read in your bio that he gave you a, what, a prognosis of six months to live. Something yeah. Like so that. that that's what I was going to say. And, and I, and I said, well, why, why would I start chemo if you say it's incurable? He said, you have three to six months to live if we do nothing. And I said, well, why, well, then why are you calling it incurable if you want to do chemo? But if I do nothing, I have three to six months to live. Is the chemo going to cure my disease? He said, no, it's not. The chemo will maybe put me into remission. And when I'm in remission, I'll feel great. But I will go out of remission and we'll need to use another more strong cocktail of drugs to get you back into remission. And eventually nothing is going to work. I mean, being very frank with me, because today multiple myeloma is an incurable cancer. There are drugs, but there are drugs, there are no drugs that has that have cured multiple myeloma in the conventional medical world as I know it and at, as he has explained to me. Now, there are some um, uh, stem cell transplants that may or may not be effective, but I was not a good candidate for stem cells. So theoretically, I needed to do chemo where I had three to six months to live. But he also said that after I go out of remission, my quality of life is going to slowly decrease each chemotherapy round. And apparently it would be a point in my life where my quality of life would be considerably compromised and I'm still gonna die from the complications of multiple myeloma. So my goal is not longevity with a debilitating disease that makes me incapable of doing the things like you and I are doing today. And I would refuse to live that life. Basically, my only goal, as far as my physical health, is to have a quality of life, not a longevity. So I rejected chemotherapy. I did a whole bunch of research because I'm very geeky, like I mentioned, <laughs> and I came up with a bunch of what I now call my 11 unconventional cancer protocols. It didn't start out that, that way, but I tweaked them quite, quite a bit. And what I've done is in what you were explaining with primal health, I have gone into our evolutionary history to figure out why human species exist today and try to replicate the, the nutrition and the gut health and everything that's associated with it. And of course, you know, exercise, sleep, stress, all these factors are critical to 
put my body into as healthy and create as robust and of an immune system as I can, because that's the only thing that will give me quality of life. Everybody's immune system is literally their ticket to health and wellness. And that's all that I'm trying to do. I do not have a cure for cancer. I still have and will continue to have multiple myeloma. My concern is if I can rebuild my immune system to the point where it can fight cancer, which is what it does anyhow. You know, everybody has cancer cells every day and their immune system understands the malignancy of a cancer cell and it gobbles it up or the individual cell that is becoming malignant knows or is triggered to kill itself off by what's called apoptosis. This is a normal process in the body. Something happened to my body, and I'll explain that in a moment, that didn't allow that to happen, and I am where I am today. But I'm alive. This is, now I'm 75 years old. That was when I was 71, when I was diagnosed to live only three to six months. So what what did your studies kind of, I guess, what, what did you learn then about, about immune health then and, and the importance of it? And how do we have, a, I guess, a healthy immune system? And I know you did a lot of research into gut health also. What, what did you learn there? Well, that's a big question, you know? Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> gut, health is, gut health is everything. If your gut is not healthy, if you have, um, basically, you should have a very diverse uh, garden of bacteria in your in your gut, meaning that you have many, many, many different species and many different many numbers of these individual species. And all of these bacteria act as friendly neighbors, so to speak, and they work against potentially pathogenic bacteria. But you know, a pathogenic bacterium is not pathogenic right away. It only becomes pathogenic when it overgrows and overwhelms the other bacteria. So, you know, you have 38 trillion microbe cells, microbial cells in your body. (laughs) An amazing number because we only have 30 trillion human cells. So we have all these microbial cells that are communicating to one another and they actually crowd out and keep under tow the potentially pathogenic species. And these bacterial cells all the microbes, by the way, not just bacteria, communicate with the immune system. The immune system is literally lining the gut epithelial barrier. There's 70% of our immune system resides in this gut epithelial barrier. So we're, we're talking constantly from the epithelium to, of our gut to the bacteria in our gut, and it tells us all types of things. And all of these bacteria in our gut communicate with every bacterium in your body. All the mucosal tissue has crosstalk, which is a fascinating concept just just in in and of itself. But if you have a dysbiotic gut, meaning you have not a large number of species and pathogenic bacteria are starting to overgrow, it affects this epithelial barrier. It's only one cell layer thick and it's a very protective barrier. And once it starts to break down, toxic elements that are produced in the gut normally start to leak through into the circulatory system. Once that happens and the immune system reacts to it, you have what's called chronic systemic inflammation. And one of the most toxic elements that leaks into the blood system is called lipopolysaccharides or LPS. These are actually the lining or the cell membrane of dead gram-negative bacteria. And they're highly toxic to the body, extremely toxic. And it is the source of almost every chronic disease we have labeled for humans. And if you don't have a healthy gut microbiome and a healthy gut barrier, you are prone to every chronic disease, including cancer. So I, I know that, you know, gut health and immune health have been kind of like all the buzz and health and wellness over the last several years. 
is is it like our standard american diet um i know you know what that is you know the high carb grain sugars all that is that causing us to have you know absolutely lack of absolutely diet is a critical factor um the chemicals that are used in farming like glyphosate are a critical factor emotional stress which is not recognized well in the medical medical community is a huge critical factor. You could be, Brad, you could be the healthiest guy in the world with chronic emotional stress. I don't care what the emotional stress is in your system, but if you are trying to deal with unsuccessfully chronic emotional stress, it affects the epithelial barrier and the gut microbiome. And it allows this LPS to seep into the bloodstream. So poor sleep, um, poor exercise, over-exercise, all kinds of chemicals that are in toxic um, prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs. All of these factors play into the fact that it can disturb the gut microbiome. Not, Not just the diet, but the diet is a huge factor. So let's go back to your story a little bit, because you, you initially said you were really healthy. And so I assume you would have had a healthy gut microbiome and, and you said your research yeah. led you to understand how or why you got cancer. So what did you come up with there? If you, yeah. If you were a healthy guy at 71, how did this happen? Yes. Yeah, so healthy is relative. So I'm healthy because I looked healthy. I physically felt healthy. My normal blood chemistries were healthy. Mm-hmm. All that meant I was healthy. But what was really going on in my gut microbiome at that point in time? I don't know. Okay. Um, I do know after I've done my unconventional cancer protocols, I was able to develop an unbelievably healthy gut microbiome, had it tested in 2020 that, um, and this is a couple of years after I was diagnosed, by the way, that showed my alpha diversity which means the the ability of having a huge diverse population of microbes was in the 98th percentile, which is phenomenal. Absolutely so, phenomenal. So but how, really, but what, really, I'm sorry, a really healthy gut then basically. But I started to rebuild my gut, my health. I didn't, ha- I had no idea what my microbiome was at that point when I was diagnosed, but I, because I wasn't really into studying that much in depth yet, but mm-hmm. now I know. But I will tell you this, when I did some research, there was a paper that I found that was published, I'm thinking 2010 or something like that. It was a Brazilian researcher. And he researched, for whatever reason, he looked at a cohort, my age group, 65 to 75, and compared that with other males from 65, 75. So he looked at dentists that were 65, to 75 years old compared to the general male population of 65 to 75 year old males. And he was evaluating the prevalence of cancers for this dental group of men. Mm -hmm. And this dental group of men actually had a significant prevalence of multiple myeloma compared to the average male population, that age group. Now it was an observational study. It didn't talk, it was not controlled. It had no idea of what the reason was. It just was observing these aged dentists, male dentists had a high percentage of multiple myeloma, significantly higher than the male population in that age group. So when I look at my dental career, and figure out what is so different from guys and gals, but he was only looking at men, from guys that were in dental school compared to the male population that was not out in dental school. Mm -hmm. Two very specific things that I could bring together to to my sense as to what could cause this cancer. Number one, I was exposed to low um, uh, uh, radiation low density radiation, which was, I mean, uh, ionizing radiation, which was dental x-rays. Oh, yeah. I was exposed to dental x-rays, four years of dental school, two years of graduate school. 
And it was interesting because my clinic, when I, when I went, went to dental school, it was set up as a large room of dentists. We had 120 people in dental school each year. And each, every four students had a, the ability to share an x-ray machine for their patients. Mm. And so there were many, many x-ray machines throughout the dental clinic. And of course, the x-ray machines, when they go on and off, they just show a red light or a green light. It's not like they buzz or smell or vibrate or, you know, you really don't know the machine is on unless you look at the light. And then in those days, this is the late 60s, early 70s, um, we didn't care that much. Some people wore badges to see if they were getting over-radiated, but a lot of us did not. It wasn't yeah. really a requirement. Yeah. So I don't even remember if I wore a badge. But theoretically, this um, low-dose ionizing radiation on a continuous basis has been shown to change a plasma cell, which is my malignancy, into a cancer cell. So that is possible. The other possibility is we played with free mercury in our hands like kids used to play with Play-Doh. So we used free mercury, the silvery, wonderful, funny stuff that, that was partially liquid, partially solid, um, when we made dental amalgam material to put in teeth you know, for fillings. So we played with this free mercury. We played with the beads on our hands. We threw the beads on the floor to watch them disappear and, and evaporate. Every dental clinic in the United States was like that. And I would say that every dental clinic's environment was the most toxic air environment that you could imagine because free mercury was floating in the air all the time. So the mercury is highly toxic. The low-dose ionizing radiation on a continuous basis is highly toxic. And it only takes one cell to become cancerous, does not get killed off by the immune system, and doesn't kill itself off to then start to multiply. Mm. And eventually, 40 plus years later, manifested into my disease. And the reason probably it didn't happen earlier in my life was that I was healthy and I could keep it under bay, but it was already growing out of control. Wow, that, that makes so much sense. Well, let me ask you then. So how did you begin to rebuild your gut health? You were already eating healthy. What, what did you do different? Well, you know, it's interesting. Paleo is healthy until you really look at it carefully. Keto may be healthy until you look at it really carefully. Okay. Carnivore may be healthy until you look at it carefully. So I started to do a really deep dive in the paleo that I was doing. Um, when I was diagnosed, I changed from a paleo diet, which is basically, move, uh, you know, um, removing the grains and, and a variety of products, but you're still eating plants. You're still eating fr um, uh, fruit and vegetables nuts and seeds and, and all the animal products. But there are products in the paleo diet that are very inflammatory in the gut. For example, nuts and seeds, very, very high in oxalates and, and lectins that are very irritating to the gut that cause gut dysbiosis. Nightshades are very irritating to the gut that cause dys, uh, dysbiosis. But that's okay in a very paleo type life, a diet. So I went to a paleo autoimmune diet, which actually cut out some of the nuts and seeds, but certainly all the nightshades. And then I did that more investigation and then eventually started to look into a carnivore diet, which eliminated a lot of the lectins and some of the other oxalate vegetables that were very damaging to the gut. And I started to do a very strict carnivore diet meaning that I ate meat, but no plants whatsoever. Now, a carnivore diet is very interesting because people discuss a carnivore diet like, okay, you're going to have steak and eggs every day. If you eat steak and eggs every day, you're probably on a carnivore diet, but it's not healthy. What really is required on a carnivore diet is steak and eggs, but also 
all the organs. You have to have either it in a natural form or a desiccated form, which is all the nutrients minus the water. But you have to have the organs because that's where all the minerals and vitamins and other nutrients are. And they balance the nutrients that are in the muscle meat themselves. And then you have to look at muscle meat and a carnivore diet. There are certain animal meats that are extremely healthy and certain animal meats that are not. For example, sheep and cattle are the healthiest red meats that we can put in our body as long as they're raised properly. Uh Um, But chicken and pork are probably one of the poorest animal meats. And mainly it's because these animals are, even if they're pastured and they're fed organic feed, if the organic feed contains soy or corn, these elements create a tremendous uh, level of linoleic acid, which is an omega-6 fatty acid in the animal that gets very highly concentrated. And when we eat it, we get this huge dose of linoleic acid on a continuous, continuous basis that's very damaging to our mitochondria, our gut microbiome, and actually our fat cells. This, these, these animals do not metabolize linoleic acid to make it, un, uh, to make it healthy like um, cattle and sheep will do. Because cattle and sheep are ruminant animals. They have four stomachs and they have the ability to process a lot of junk that would damage our guts if we ate them without being uh, digested properly. So So I started a carnivore diet and I started it January 1st of 2020 and did it for serious carnivore, no plants for a year. My, I did a lot of blood work since then and my blood chemistries were excellent. My gut microbiome, like I said, was in the 98th percentile. And when I had a PET scan in May 2020, it showed no cancer cells. Now, that's fantastic. I've had some serious side um, setbacks, and I've had to deal with them and get back on my unconventional cancer protocols. But I can tell you that utilizing a healthy diet, and now I'm on maybe in in 90% carnivore diet, maybe 10% would include some fresh fruits and some raw honey. Those are relatively healthy as I see it from an evolutionary standpoint. Um, When I'm doing that kind of diet and preparing my gut to be as healthy as it can by enhancing the gut microbiome's diversity and being sure that the gut epithelial barrier is healed properly and then do the other things like control stress, which is one of the hardest things that humans probably do. And, and eating and, and sleeping well, exercising to the extent that I can exercise because I have these fragile bones. I have been able to enhance my immune system. Like I said, the gut microbiome and the immune system are intricately connected. And if we can make sure we have this immune system communicating and functioning properly, we have the ability to heal, heal ourselves as best as possible. And that's where I am. So do you eat any vegetables at all now? Any yes. Green, yes. red, orange, yellow? Yes. Well, big question. I eat fruit. Okay. I will eat seasonal fruit. Mm-hmm. I eat no nuts, no seeds, and practically no vegetables. I may have some onions, maybe some mushrooms, maybe some romaine lettuce on occasion, but generally no vegetables. Every nutrient every human needs is actually in the animal products if you eat them nose to tail, as well as drinking water that is replete with trace minerals. Some of the problems with a lot of diets um, are that we don't, realize that are that they need to be tweaked with good healthy water and other things like eating foods that you think are healthy 
that may have anti-nutrients in it that absorb the good nutrients. Therefore, the net result is not a healthy, nutritious food. So my water is a spring water that I get from Mountain Valley Springs, which is coming from an aquifer that is like over a mile deep. It's been, they've been tapping water for more than 150 years or so. And this water is replete with minerals. If you are drinking water, for example, and it's filtered and you've not done anything other than make it as clean as you can, you're drinking dead water. There is yeah. no, there are no minerals, no electrolytes, nothing in there to help your hydration. So you have to either re replace those minerals in an unnatural way, which is not what I recommend, or drink water that is a spring water that has been tested to have all of these trace minerals. And so if somebody, I know you work with, with a lot of clients and everything, and if they come to you and they're all, I don't know, I guess I'll say unhealthy for lack of a better word, how, how do you start to work with them? Then sure. you first focus on their, their nutrition, what they're eating and, and how well, you know, carnivore. Yeah, so, so I work with them. They first fill out a questionnaire about 80 questions long. Okay. Some of them are yes and no, but most of them, they have to write in answers. And I want to understand their medical dental history. Okay. It is critical to evaluate the oral cavity, your mouth. That is a source of tremendous infection that is generally not understood or diagnosed properly. That could be the source of the problem. Now, the gut microbiome literally is what will cause gum disease or no gum disease. If you have a healthy gut and you don't have any, let's say dentistry in your mouth to start with, if you have a healthy gut and all of a sudden you notice that your gums bleed, well, your gums are bleeding not because something happened to the gums, it's happened to your gut and you didn't realize it. When you have an unhealthy gut microbiome and it changes the immune system, and you have LPS floating in the blood system. All of this affects every organ system, including the mouth. And the, the mouth oral microbiome is as diverse, sort of, as the gut microbiome, but it's in a state of balance. When the immune system and the gut microbiome are out of balance, and the immune system is somewhat dysfunctional, the gut, the oral microbiome, the bacteria in your mouth, the dental plaque can become unhealthy and pathological species can overgrow that will cause gum disease. Now, if you had bad dentistry in your mouth that caused an irritation in the gum or you cut the gum or something like that, you can get an infection in your mouth, obviously, that way. But if you have no dentistry in your mouth and you have some dysbiosis in the gut that you may not be aware of and you get bleeding gums, that's why you have bleeding gums wow. many times. And there's been wonderful studies that have shown if you change the diet that changes the healthy gut microbiome and you do nothing to the mouth, the bleeding goes away. And I will tell you another that's interesting thing is that dental plaque, this will blow you away. Dental plaque. I'm already blown is, away. <laughs> dental plaque is healthy until it's not. We know from skeletal remains, there is a skeletal jaw remain from 300,000 years ago that is now, I think, the oldest Homo sapien um, skeletal remains in existence. And we can look at that jaw. And when you look at the jaw, and I have pictures of that, but if you look at the jaw, the lower jaw, they have all 16 teeth. Humans have 32 teeth, 16 on the top, 16 on the bottom. This jaw of 300,000 years ago has all 16 teeth. The, the teeth surface, the chewing surfaces are relatively worn down. That would mean to me that that person has been chewing food, hard foods for a long time. 
and he probably he or she is probably at least at least 25 to 35 years old. That's old for that that time frame. I know. If you look at those 16 teeth, there is no dental decay visible. If you look at the jawbone, there is no visible bone damage in the jawbone, meaning he didn't or she didn't have periodontal disease. But if you look between the teeth in this the skeletal remain, there's a bunch of, bunch of calcified junk. That calcified junk is dental plaque. Dental plaque is a healthy biofilm in the around the tooth gum margin. And let me explain that to you. Am I going off too much? Or no, no, no. I, I, this is fascinating for me. I do, I do have one question though. I want to get yeah, back sure. real quick. So all of, yeah. all of, all of our health, you know, as a healthy individual, uh, and I'm learning a lot today too, but it seems to be centered around our gut health. Like the yes. gut health defines the health of the re- of the rest of us, our, our immune, our, 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 our gum health, our, our, probably our brains and everything. Yes. And, and you said, so let me go back to one other thing. 90% of your diet now is carnivore. Now that's not just the animal muscle part of the animal. You're eating like the heart, the kidney, the liver. Absolutely. Do you find those at the store or do you hunt yourself or where, where do you get heart and liver and kidney? And if you wanted to buy the raw organs, there are several organic farms that, that grow, grow, they raise cattle and sheep, um, grass fed, grass finished, and they, uh, they butcher them correctly. They're humane environments and they do harvest the organs where you can buy them in frozen forms and you can cook them no i do like i do like liver i do like uh um thymus which is called sweetbread i do like brain i'm not terribly fond of heart it's it tastes like steak but um kidneys and spleen i'm not so much fond of but i would eat them sometimes you can buy those organs already chopped up and mixed into ground beef where it's already in the patty and you can make that, but you can also buy, which is easy, convenient. And this is what I do most of the time. You can buy these raw organs in a desiccated form. Now, let me just tell you what that means because a lot of people would say, oh, you're taking supplements. I don't consider these supplements. These are raw foods where the water has been removed in a slow drying process that without any damage to the nutrients or the enzymes, the only thing that's been removed is the water. And it's enclosed in a capsule that's made from bovine cartilage, so collagen. So it basically is grass-fed, grass-finished organ products. So you're getting every nutrient in that organ without the weight or the, or, or the complication of cooking because of the water is still there. So you can take these as capsules, swallow them. You can open the capsules and pour the powder on food. You can even drop the capsule because it is a a bovine gelatin capsule. You can drop the capsule in some warm food and mix it up and eat it that way. But that's how I get my organs. It is critical to balance the nutrients in the organs with the muscle meat. And when I say the organs, they're basically heart, liver, uh, spleen, kidney, pancreas, but also the cartilage. Generally, it's a bovine throat cartilage, not hoof um, collagen. And in addition, bone marrow. So you can get desiccated um, cartilage. You can get desiccated bone marrow and desiccated the other soft organs that you can take in capsule form every day, just like a person would think about taking a multivitamin, which I totally disagree with. You can take these organs and have every nutrient your body needs in a bioavailable form in its proper ratios. Often when you buy supplements, you get elements of these nutrients that are synthesized unnaturally, or even even if they're coming from the animal, other chemicals are combined with these supplements or it doesn't have the other nutrients that 
you uh, that are um, symbiotic to those nutrients. You need to have the entire animal organ to eat to get the benefit. It's just like fish oil capsules. Fish oil capsules are relatively unhealthy. They are they start off healthy. Whoever is processing them extracts the omega-3 fatty acids from healthy fatty fish in a mechanical process, which damages it, and it produces it and creates other elements in the capsule um, form. And then these omega-3 fatty acids are very unstable, and they break down, and they also don't include the other nutrients from the fatty oils of the fish that are necessary for a symbiotic symbiotic relationship to the omega-3s. If you want to have healthy omega-3s, you'll get all the omega-3s healthy in grass-fed, grass-finished beef and liver, as well as wild salmon, wild sardines, anchovies, those oily fish. Those are the ways to eat and get the omega-3s not a fish capsule, which has been highly processed yeah. and maybe even rancid by the time you take the capsule. So this this has been fascinating for me. I've always, you know, heard about gut health and, and whatnot, but I've never admittedly done too much research into it myself. But essentially, I'm going to start to summarize this for everyone. Gut health is the key to our overall health and effective gut health, the natural way is to eat all the parts of the animal. Yes. And I studied ancestral health and, and nutrition too. And I've known that, but I've never put two and two together until I, I've met with you today. Yeah. Our ancestors, they would eat every part of the animal, the marrow, the heart, the liver, the brain and everything like that. And what you're saying is we can get all the nutrients, vitamins, minerals, everything we need from every part of the organ. And we've kind of been conditioned in our culture only to eat the muscle part of the animal. Everything else gets thrown away. Uh, unless you're processing it. So, uh, Dr. Al, this has been incredible. Where can people learn more about you? I know you've got a bunch of books out there. What, how can, how can sure, people learn sure. more about all this? Thank you. Um, my website is drdannenberg.com, which is D-R-D-A-N-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. I do offer a 12-week metabolic coaching program, which I do, and like we got into I, uh, before I, I have them, individuals that want to get involved, have them fill out this health and medical dental questionnaire. They send me their dental x-rays. I'm not going to make a diagnosis over the, uh, the, the internet, but I am certainly a licensed periodontist. I will look at the x-rays and show if there are suspicious areas, help them to get to the right biological dentist to take care of those things. And I need a three-day food journal to see exactly what they're eating. And then we can start to talk about all the other factors like stress and exercise and sleep patterns and integrate them into a healthier way of living. So that's what I do. I also have a new book that's going to come out. I think it's going to come out in a month or two. And the tentative title is Eat As If Your Life Depends On It. And it's basically my concoction of a blend of keto carnivore, and paleo. And it basically is 70% of a, uh, a, a plate of food being animal-based foods and the other 30% or less being plants, primarily fruits, some raw honey, and a very select number of vegetables that are extremely low in phytates, oxalates, or lectins which are very irritating to the gut. Everything is designed to provide bioavailable nutrients to the body, but not designed at all to irrigate, irritate or damage the healthy gut microbiome or the epithelial barrier. Dr. Al, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for being here. Um, I've, I've learned a ton today, even as a health coach. That's why I love doing these podcasts because there's so much uh, that I've, I, I learned from these. And again, for all our listeners, thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, 
again, I'll put uh, Dr. Al's uh, contact information in the show notes and everything like that. And if you are listening, again, I always like to say thank you. Please, if you get a chance, uh, leave me that five-star review and, and spread the word. If you like what you hear today, spread the word, spread the message, We're trying to get all this information out there to as many people as far and wide as possible. And as I always like to say at the end, be well, be safe, be happy, eat ice cream. Take care, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thanks. In today's episode, we learned that one of the main factors to our overall health is our gut health. The quality of our life and our health depends in large part on the quality and health of our gut. Dr. Al even mentioned that bleeding gums can be linked back to poor gut health. We also learned that the quality and health of our immune system is also highly linked to the quality and health of the microbiome in our gut. We saw that one important and natural way to maintain proper gut health and overall health is to drink natural mineral water, if available. And if it's not, look for a mineral-containing supplement that you can add to your water. Another important way we learn to maintain our overall health and gut health is, of course, diet. We hear a lot about paleo, keto, and carnivore diets, just to name a few. And Dr. Al, based on his own research into ancestral health and lifestyle, has come up with a mixture of these. His current diet, if I can use that word diet here, consists of about 90% carnivore, but not just the muscle portion of the animal, but the organs and marrow as well. Our tribal ancestors always ate all parts of the animal, including the organs, brain, heart, kidneys, livers, spleen, pancreas, as well as the bone marrow of the animal. Eating all of these parts of the animal is crucial for maintaining optimal gut health because it is in these parts of the animals, the organs, where you will find the various minerals and nutrients that a lot of our modern day diet is lacking. This in turn provides for optimal gut health as we learn today. And when we have optimal gut health, we have optimal overall health. Good health, including our gut and overall health, truly does begin with proper nutrition. Today we learn to eat just what our tribal ancestors did thousands of years ago. Dr. Al's soon-to-be-released book titled Eat As If Your Life Depends On It will have much more information on this. Visit his website at www.drdannenberg.com to learn more or be in touch with Dr. Al. This has been a production of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast. For more information on how you can work with me, my products and books, including my all-new book, The Slow Easy, A Beginner's 12-Week Guide for Getting Fit and Healthy and Running Your First 5K, visit my website at www.trainingwithcoachbrad.com. This book introduces a whole new method to being fit and healthy, something I call The Slow Easy. Be sure and look for that. You can also find all of my social media handles there, trainingwithcoachbrad.com. And remember, if you like what you have heard, please pay it forward by hitting the subscribe button, sharing this with a friend, and leaving me a five-star review. This episode of the Be Well, Be Safe, Be Happy, Eat Ice Cream podcast is brought to you by the One of a Kind You podcast. The One of a Kind You podcast is a podcast for moms, stay-at-home moms, working moms, new moms, stepmoms, and even moms getting ready to be empty nesters. There is a part of every mom's journey and all that is shared from the struggles to the wins and everything in between. If you're a mom looking to find connection, feel less overwhelmed, and feel more confident not only in your motherhood journey, but in life as well, then tune in to One of a Kind You wherever you stream your podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out.